You're listening to Trek FM. Want to join in the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode? Join the Babel Conference, our listeners' discussion group on Facebook. Just type B-A-B-E-L into the Facebook search field, and we look forward to seeing you there. This is Steve Sansweet of Rancho Obi-Wan, and you're listening to the 602 Club. There was a little bar in Mill Valley where all the Starfleet trainees used to go. The 602 Club. You know it. <laughs> I was there more times than I can remember. For centuries, the gunslingers were knights. Just wanted to protect us from the coming of the dark. Now I'm the only one left. Roland Deschain comes from a sort of legacy of gunslingers who were put in place to protect the Dark Tower from the Man in Black. And Roland is the last in that line. The Dark Tower is at the center of the universe. The tower protects our world from chaos and death. If it falls, hell will be unleashed. The Man in Black, he's the evil in this battle of good versus evil. He's like the devil, isn't he? No, he's worse. I need to bring down that tower. You can't stop what's coming. Death always wins. I'm sworn to defend the tower. I'll stop at nothing to protect it. Roland is actually the only one that could bring me down. Darkness is your weapon. Guns are mine. When I started the Dark Tower, I really saw the gunslinger as this kind of concentrated force. Dark Tower's always been really important to me. And to see the gunslinger come to life in film with Idris Elba, it's really incredible. Do they have guns and bullets in your world? You're gonna like Earth a lot. All right, let's go. I do not aim at my hand. I aim at my eye. I do not shoot with my hand. I shoot with my mind. Do not kill with my gun. I kill with my heart. Welcome, everybody, to the 602 Club. Coming at you from the mid-world world of... I don't remember what the mid-world world is called. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Keystone um, anyway, Earth. Welcome Keystone to the Earth. 602 Club. Well, oh yeah, we're coming from live from Keystone Earth, or not so live. Oh, man, I'm really screwing this up tonight. <laughs> Keystone Earth, yes, um, where the 602 Club is just alive and hopping. Apparently, I've had too much to drink tonight. Ruby, no more. No more. No, no thanks. No, no, this doesn't mean more. It means none. Okay, uh, and we're going to be talking about uh, The Dark Tower tonight, which has finally been released after being in development hell for quite, uh, well, a lot of years, and so I'm excited to to dive into this one to see how it is with my two guests. And back, I mean, two weeks in a row, Alice. I, I feel like this is a record right now. It is a record right now. <laughs> I am back. I am back. Yes. Well, thank you so much uh, for being back. Yeah, it's it's great to have you here. So, uh, and um, back as well. It's been a little while. But uh, he volunteered, and he's bravely gone to the mid-world and back. It's Richard. Hey, how you doing, Matt? Yeah, I found my comfy chair. It's still in the corner over there with my cot. So, yeah, 
Oh, glad to be back. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm. Can you make your cot finally? Because Ruby keeps, you know, getting really angry about that. Yeah, yeah. You probably need to change the sheets or the <laughs> nylon out of that. I'm sure. I don't want to know. Um, guys, <laughs> <laughs> I bet people sleep it on it. That's it. <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. I don't know who's slept on it recently. Uh, people just keep boys. coming in and. Crashing. So, oh man. Well, you can find us all over the place. Track FM is a feature provider there on iTunes. And while you're checking us out, hit us up with a star rating and review for the 602 Club. It definitely helps people find the show. And really appreciate everybody who's already done that. Uh, And we have so many other shows there for you. I mean, just a plethora of shows, I would say. And so make sure you check those out as well. You can find us on Twitter at Trek FM. We're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Trek FM. All the uh, hosts here tonight are actually a part of our listeners-only discussion group, the Babel Conference, which you can find on Facebook. Uh, You can type Babel into the search field on Facebook, or if you're on the website at Trek.fm, click Discussion on the mini bar, and that'll bring you right in to the listeners-only discussion group. And last but not least, if you would like to leave us a voicemail, which I love getting those. It's been a long time. Speakpipe.com slash Trek.fm. You can do that. And um, you can also email us. Go over to Trek.fm slash contact. Choose the show. Choose the 602 Club. And I love hearing from people that way. It really makes my day. So make sure you do that. And um, you can tell us what you thought of the show or the movie that we're talking about or you know, maybe something that you'd love to hear us talk about. We'd love uh, to have that kind of reach out from you guys. Really appreciate when those come in. Now, I mentioned that we're going to be talking about the Dark Tower, which is based off Stephen King's series that started way back in 1982 with a book called The Gunslinger, and the latest book released in that series was in 2012. And so I really wanted to ask both of you, Alice, I'm I'm really interested to hear, what's your history with Stephen King? Have you ever read any of this series? And, you know, what were you thinking? Where was your mindset with all of that coming into this movie, The Dark Tower? I had never heard of it. Uh, And I have not read a, which is going to, I know people are going to gasp and some people might even faint, uh, but I have never read a single Stephen King novel in my life. Uh, And I I think that's primarily because he's known as a horror author and I don't enjoy horror for the most part. And I know he's, he's written other things and he's, you know, very well respected and yada, yada, yada. But I just, I have never read a single one of his books. So I, I certainly... Uh, I mean, of the of the books of his that people talk about, this doesn't seem to be one of them because I've never heard anyone in of my friends who like horror even talk about this book or even my friends who like science fiction have talked about this book. So I was going in like completely blind. What about you, Richard? Um, yeah, I, I'm in the same boat uh, as her. Uh, but I mean, I've actually read um, two books of uh, Stephen King's and that was Cujo and It, and that's really it (laughs) um but i mean i've heard i've (laughs) that wasn't on purpose either (laughs) um man you're a poet and you didn't even know it no (laughs) (laughs) it's an oldie but a goodie (laughs) it is it is (laughs) but like you know i've heard of this book but i never had the chance to read it and I I knew nothing about what was going on really. I mean, I I had a gist of the story, but that was really it. I mean, from what I heard from everyone else. It is funny because 
you know, I worked at Barnes and Noble for quite a few years while I was in grad school and then afterwards. And so I was aware of this series, you know, uh, I would I would see it, you know, in the fantasy genre area. Um, you know, I'm aware of Stephen King. Obviously, he's a he's a very famous author. It's always a big deal in the book community when something by him comes out. But this isn't just it. It just wasn't something that I had read. And I think a little bit like you, Alice, I was in that same mindset. Oh, if it's Stephen King, it's probably in this horror genre. But really, what's so interesting about that and this to me was is this this is much more akin to something like Lord of the Rings then it has anything to do with, you know, horror. Um, and, and in fact, that was, from what I understand, kind of his idea was he wanted to create his own, like, expansive world, and his idea was, was to use the Old West as kind of a basis for that. And so, uh, because, you know, like Tolkien, uh, you know, kind of this mythological... Uh, mythology for Britain. This is, you know, the Old West is basically kind of what we think of as our mythology, you know, in the United States. And so his goal was to, from what I understand, and obviously I've only read the very first book in the series, was to kind of do something in that ilk. And so, it, you know, when I heard that and I saw the trailer coming out, you know, I thought, wow, this looks actually pretty good. Like, I, I'm, this gets me, I, I, want to actually check out this series now because that idea of like you know this gunslinger and all that kind of that that intrigued me because it kind of hit that i don't know lord of the rings funny bone uh that that i have you know when something feels similar to that or or feels like it might kind of be something like that i'm like i'll check that out you know so um that's kind of where i came into this and uh i read the first book in the series and it's called The Gunslinger. And I have to say, it wasn't probably the best primer because I didn't really love it. Um, I, didn't, I didn't like the structure of it. Uh, it it's, it's kind of back and forth with its structure, like somebody will be telling a story and you kind of get lost in the fact, like, where am I in this story? Like, oh, yeah, somebody's telling this story. And... and it, it, I just didn't really enjoy the structure or the writing of it, but the premise was interesting. And so um, it could get better if I can continue on with the other seven books. I'm not sure. So um, that's kind of where I, you know, fell in the whole thing. Um, I guess I kind of want to jump off of that, and this isn't on the outline, you guys, so sorry for um, throwing you off, but what were your first impressions of the movie? Like just kind of walking out, what was what were some of the things that went through your head? So when I before I went to go see this movie, um, you know, seeing all the trailers and and everything, I got really excited about seeing this movie. Uh, it looked really good. Um, I thought, there, I mean, and I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of like the old West as well, and. I was expected. I guess. I guess the the mental image I was thinking of is that I thought I was gonna go see Young Guns like three. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. I, I swear. Yes. I, I swear. I mean, I really was wow. thinking. I was like, I'm gonna. This is gonna be great. There's lots of shooting. This and that. Shooting demons and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's not what I got. <laughs> And I was kind of disappointed when I got out of it. Um, there were a couple times 
uh, I actually pulled out my phone, and I don't usually do that in movies at all. And um, it, it was it, there was a lot of to me there was a lot of dry spots, and I I think I think the setup of the movie was off. I mean, it, it, I mean. I don't know. I just felt bored in some in in some parts of it. Like it went over, it went too far into the um, into explaining something like explain basically the world, uh, how like you know was it nine is it nine realms or something like that? Is that what it was? Nine worlds. Something well, like that, that makes it sound like Isidral and Asgard. <laughs> I don't remember. I can't remember how. I think there are. Basically, from what I remember and what you're describing is that, you know, inside, in the middle of all of the universes is the tower. Right. I can't and remember if they said like how many universes like are <laughs> in this, you know, being guarded by the tower. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. I mean, it's just. So I have yeah. only seen the movie once, so. It, so, so did I. And, and, and uh, we, we saw right when it came out and I was, I was quite a bit disappointed uh, in the movie um, to be quite honest. So, yeah. <laughs> so I was going in uh, as I mentioned previously completely blind and not having known this history about him wanting to do a Tolkien-like uh, world. I didn't get that at all. I mean, that's just, nope. That's, <laughs> that's not what I got at all. And I will... <laughs> Uh, agree that it was like this weird mix for me of um, oversplaining and undersplaining because when the the movie started I, I, I was like what the frack is going on I don't know who these people are I don't know what's happening it doesn't make any sense where if we're going to compare it to Lord of the Rings where is my Galadriel's explanation of the history that's come before so I at least can can have my footings um and i i have to agree with richard that i i found myself straight up bored a lot of the time or sitting there going like why do i care i i really had a hard time feeling emotionally attached uh to the young man uh in the story in every in all the matthew mcconaughey's character what's his name walter something i think it's walter something Something very yeah, funny Walter. like that, Walter. Uh, the man in black. The man in black. Um, you know the uh, none of the deaths that he causes in in the the film seem particularly impactful to any of the characters around. I know they're supposed to be, and the actors are acting, but I I couldn't I couldn't feel what they were feeling i don't know how to explain it and, and usually i'm like the world's worst sympathetic crier you know if one person starts to shed a tear in a movie i'm like bawling you know but i could not get emotionally attached to any of these characters i think my first reaction was you know i, I saw and i don't i don't read them but you know i saw the aggregate on rotten tomatoes and it's bad and so going into this movie though i also had some more familiarity with it and so I, I kind of had some of what to expect. And I have a, a general knowledge, I guess, of the world and, and everything. And so I came out of it thinking, wow, that was not as bad as Rotten Tomatoes said it was. <laughs> um, and I, I actually, I think, 
I had a decent time in the movie, uh, and it was interesting trying to figure out. Um, I, I mainly I I could tell, and I think this is the thing that both of you are saying. It's like you can I think legitimately tell that this comes from eight books, and they're just kind of stitching together certain things, and it and it maybe never feels the cohesion that it needs to have as a story. And I think Alice, you're right to point out. When you're going to plop somebody specifically into a different realm, you should probably explain the rules of that realm a little bit with a Galadriel-like, you know, explanation. And you had Dennis Habert, right, play uh, Edris Elba's dad, Roland's dad. Like, why don't you have that wonderful voice narrate, like, three minutes of, like, the, the history of the gunslingers So that, you know, you have an understanding of what's happening, why it's happening. And so you kind of are invested, you know, the moment that things go really bad for them. So I, I'm, I'm not where completely with you guys like that. I think like I was bored at any point because I think I'm, I was really interested to see where it was going to go. But I did come out thinking like, I mean, you know, it's. I guess we're kind of giving it away, but it's it's kind of average movie, you know? Like, it, it it doesn't do that thing that it needs to do, especially to kind of, like, launch a franchise like this, where it really is able to grab you with that first movie and kind of give you the full-on, like, this is why you should love this. Mm-hmm. So, I, and, and, yeah, I think in the end, we're all kind of the same, the same thing, so... And it's it's too bad, too, because um, knowing that, that Stephen King, you know, has these eight books of this series and, and, and kind of what he wanted to do with it, I feel like you could have done something pretty cool, and I don't, you know, not being, like, somebody who's read the entire series and knows everything and knows where they pulled from and all that kind of stuff... I can tell that this probably isn't the best effort you can give it. So, when I see a film that I, I feel is 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 highly average, um, I I always think to myself, I, I wonder what's on the cutting room floor. You know, I I wonder if there's mm-hmm. material um, that was shot that in the editing fell away or or not. You know, like I I wonder. I, I always wonder sort of where it fell apart. You know, did the producers come in and slash it? Was it was it truly just not led well from the director's chair? Uh, did it get fracked up in post? You know, like where where did it all go wrong? Yeah, I was actually thinking about it as uh, as uh, Matt was actually talking that uh, maybe there was extra, like you were saying, like extra footage that maybe that whole explanation that we were wanting is deleted for some reason to make it an hour and a half. Cause I, cause I mean, for some reason it felt like a three hour movie to me, or at least to me it did. Uh, even though it was like an hour and a half, um, it just, I, I don't know. It's just the way they were explaining things just felt long. Um, and to be quite honest, I mean, something like this, I mean, I guess Lord of the Rings did it perfectly when it came to like explaining, uh, their lore and in, in the world and whatnot. This one, I feel like it needs to be a TV show, not a movie. I mean, to do that kind of explaining and 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 whatnot, because I just think that 
you, you like uh, you can't just you can't just jump in the middle of a uh, middle of this whole entire world and not uh and 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 not be uh, be lost and and be like and then you know write it off as like one of those movies that are like as mm-hmm. they say flavorless and and colorless um but yeah i mean i i really think they could have i mean it's an interesting story don't get me wrong i did i did like what what the contact was but it, the way they presented it i think it could have been rearranged and and done a little bit differently so i uh, no i absolutely love your idea richard the way to fix this is that and and the this is the strange thing about this i know that their goal was to have movies and a tv show and to kind of go back and forth and which is kind of a strange idea in the first place but i absolutely agree with you like a netflix an amc somebody like that could do this show and i think you could do it really well I'm westworld heck does uh, western stuff so you could totally do this as a TV show, and I, I feel like we'd get what we we're all asking for, which is our gunsplaining. We need somebody to gunsplain this movie to us, <laughs> so that like we understand why the you know the gunslingers are important, you know, and and you know where is the weight? And I think you know I, I kind of dive in a little bit into the characters. You know, I think Idris Elba is really the best part of the movie to me. I really liked him in this role. I thought. Everything that was good about the movie started with him. And it's too bad because, you know, Idris Elba is a great actor. And this could have been a fantastic franchise role for him. And, I mean, that scene where he's, like, hurt and he's, like, doing the, you know, apparently the gunslinger thing where he's trying to feel with his heart and put it to, to... practice all that he's learned to be able to shoot the guy who's running away with the kid he's trying to protect and like when he finally shoots him like this is a great moment you know and unfortunately the movie's not full of moments like that there's there's maybe one or two of them and that was in the trailer <laughs> and i didn't I, I had a hard time feeling the gravitas of those scenes I, you know i knew because I know storytelling, that they were supposed to be important and to be impactful to me. But I had a hard, emotionally, I had a hard time feeling them, much like the scene where he's teaching the kid um, the gunslinger's credo or whatever it is, and, and he finally shoots his can, you know, and, you know, the young boy starting on the path of his journey and his training, you know, like all that stuff's supposed to be there, all that weight, as you say, I think it was a beautiful thing to say, all that weight just wasn't there for me. I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, the Padawan is learning his, you know, stuff he's supposed to. I mean, I was just, it it just didn't get me. It didn't get me. You know, and uh, when when that small tear, uh, I want to say, whatever whatever tear whatever tear that uh, uh that demon came through, that would have been awesome if they would have like. Uh, spoilers for anyone that uh, that's gonna go see this movie, um, <laughs> but like, I mean, that would have been great to like seeing that he had some kind of like, um, a, like a talent for shooting or something like that. Like to pick up that gun and then start shooting, and like a like a gunslinger, you know. I I figured that's yeah. what was gonna happen, but then he ran away, and I'm like, I, and as soon as that happened, I was like, oh man, no, 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 and then you know, expecting. 
this awesome battle between this demon and Idris. Thank you. <laughs> I just I just read it. Um, so you know this. Uh, I expecting the, like this big like gun battle between this demons. You know, shooting snot or something like that. I don't know. Um, <laughs> shooting snot or you know or something like that. And. I figured it would be something like that, but it wasn't even that. It was like him running around, you know, missing missing this demon, going in in this jungle gym, and it's like, oh, come on! It was could have made that scene Park. a whole lot better, right? There you go. Yeah, Thank you. Jurassic yeah. Park. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, you know the thing that happened there with Idris too, because that moment could have been really cool for him. Part of it that lets it down is that the effects work is not very good there at all. Mm. And it looks like the live-action Disney Beauty and the Beast type of CGI. It's bad. And then on top of that, there's just not enough for me to understand how this all works to to make it... to give it that weight, I guess, really, you know? Um I don't know. Take it away. I, I was going to say, what's the, because I'm, if we're going to talk about, you know, um, gun fu movies, right? If we're, if we're going to talk about movies where gunplay is like the thing you've got, is it wanted the one with Angelina Jolie? Wanted. Is, is that it? Based. Yeah. John Wick is really good with guns. Well, but, but he's good with guns for reals. I'm talking about where there's some. Well, yeah, yeah, right. Some in wanted, almost like, like magic, too. Right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. They can swing the bullet so they can go around the corner. I think in 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 that one and in that movie, they do spend a lot of time exploring. You know, you you understand like the um, I don't know, whatever the organization and and why this is all happening. And the only other one I can think of is the one with um, Christian Bale. I'm not going to remember it. Somebody's going to have to help me. Which is truly the gun fu movie, but. In that you you're you're so <laughs> you're so right, Matt, in saying that we needed to understand why gunslinging was such a big deal, because you, you get into him doing the credo and having these amazing skills, and you know he's supposed to do something awesome, um, but you're not really sure why. You know, there was a war, you think? I mean, like, it's just all so vague. There, there wasn't any really concrete reason to sort of get behind these characters and root for them and understand what's going on. Yeah. No, and, and I again, it, it's a frustrating thing because, you know, I, I like what Idris is doing, and I feel like he's selling the fact that I should care about the character that, and what he's doing. And, and some of the stuff he gets to do is pretty cool. I mean... There are some of those gunslinging moments uh, that I really did enjoy. Uh, the I, I think at the end of the movie when he's just taken out all of those guys and it's just it's really cool and he's reloading fast. I mean, just as an an action sequence that was fun. Like I didn't need you know I don't I don't need the the context of the movie to enjoy what's happening there. But it's just frustrating that 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 he doesn't get to have the whole thing really connect for him and. It's really, I don't think it's his fault. You know, I, I think you guys called out beforehand. I mean, this movie's an hour and a half. And it feels like this should be at least a two-hour movie. And that allows you more of the importance of, of diving deep into the world in a way in which draws the audience in. And you need that because 
you also need that for the character motivations and kind of really, truly understanding. And I felt like too much was left for the audience to infer and and not enough um, shown. And in a movie, you have to show, not tell. And then a lot of times they would just kind of tell you things as well. They wouldn't completely show it to you. And so I think you, when you're just making an audience infer things and then you're just kind of telling them a little bit, you're you're not doing your audience a ton of favors. And, and that's kind of... Again, that that's frustrating, um, and it's it's got to be frustrating, I would think, as an actor like Idris Elba, who I I mean, the guy's good stuff. I mean, really good stuff. Or like she was saying, maybe he did do that, and it's on the it's on the yeah, editing floor, floor right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so uh, Matthew McConaughey, you know, all right, all right, all right. What y'all think? Oh my lordy! Oh, could we just button that shirt up, please? Um, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> so sexy! Oh God! <laughs> I, <laughs> um, I we talk a lot about about having a quote unquote a, a good villain, meaning there's a, a meaty villain, a, a villain that's not a um, stereotype or common or whatever. And there was very little, if anything, that I liked about Matthew McConaughey's character for one uh, and performance for for two. You know, he was your, you know, he's kind of like a slimy used car salesman with the ability to kill with words, you know, and I just, bleh, it didn't work for me at all. So he's the devil. Ba- basically, mean. yes. <laughs> in the, in that stereotype. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, that with sexy the, is always an, associated with evil, <laughs> which isn't something I, I think it should be. But anyway, you're right. I mean, it's hilarious. I, what did you, I mean, did you guys relate to that character at all? Well, I didn't relate to him. Uh, He's yeah, the devil. Uh, <laughs> oh, come on. I know you guys have those sexy black shirts and you like to, I mean, look at you right now. I can see you right now. Mm. <laughs> uh, no. I, I, you know, Matthew McConaughey is fantastic. It's funny because I, I just rewatched recently Interstellar. He's so good in that movie. He's so good in that movie. And I, I, I think, again, it, like Idris Elba, the material just lets him down. You know, he doesn't get a lot to work with. Um, and so what he does is what he does, but it, I don't really think it comes down to him so much as just that everything that he is doing is unfortunately quite cliched. And that hurts him. I mean, there's... Any good actor can can make something out of a role that's not there. But I guess what I'm saying is I feel like there's so little there for him that even Matthew McConaughey is just kind of phoning this one in and getting a paycheck. <laughs> I can't give him a I pass. I thought the I same thought was... thing, actually. Oh, it's horrible. I, I thought he was great. I thought he was great. Uh, uh, he sold it to me as, you know, the man in black. I mean, he was creepy little dude. Uh <laughs> And he sold it to me. I mean, I, I really wish they would have showed, I, I guess, him being more ruthless. 
but I mean, like you said, you know, it's he's got to work with what he's got, and um, I, I but for the, I mean, he's the one that sold it. Him and uh, Idris uh, were the two that sold it to me on this movie, and I absolutely love Matthew McConaughey's acting in almost everything. But this one, I mean, it, this is definitely right there in the middle on um, on on some of his work. So yeah. I'm sorry, I cannot give him a pass on this one. And I think the problem for me was he didn't need to be more of an evil dude. I mean, you know, killing people for fun, you know, with work, whatever. It's that the impact of what he was doing didn't come off as being horrible. You know, he does these horrible things and people die and instantly people die. Uh, And sure, it sucks, but you don't feel that it sucks. People aren't truly horrified, you know. Like, there's no impact of those deaths. So his horribleness is, you know, he's he's, he's being demasculated in his horribleness. Well, and, and I think you're hitting on something that is kind of important in the sense that the only death that I felt an impact was was the kid's mom. Um, I, I thought that him reacting to his mom's death was was well done. Uh, and the reaction to that and, and the reaction he has with, you know, Roland there as well. I thought that was good. But I agree with you in the sense that, like, when he's killing people or maiming people basically in front of his own people, there isn't that Vader effect, right? Where Vader chokes somebody and everybody on the bridge is like, oh, S, we're all about to die. You know, like, everybody is shaking in their boots. And, that, like, you're saying, Alice, it has that effect, you know, on everyone around them, what's happening. And so I, I completely agree with you that for the most part, what he's doing doesn't have as n- enough of an impact on screen except for maybe once. And so I I don't, you know, like, I, yeah, he's bad, but like there isn't that feeling of like, how wow, how bad this guy is, you know? Um, he's like a mediocre devil, you know, Second like, is there a certain maybe, level? He to, maybe he needs to go to s- Satan school for a little <laughs> longer or something. I don't he's know. The devil in purgatory. Um, he hasn't made it to the big league. Yeah. I mean, like he's, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, what did you guys think about the kid? Tom Taylor is Jake Chambers. Who's kind of the person this movie you know, even though you, I think that for the trailers, you think Idris Elba is going to be your main character. But really, I think the way the story is set up, he's kind of your character for which everything else is seen for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's lost just as we are when we're watching this movie. Um, <laughs> but like, uh, I, I, I would rather, like, like I said before, you know, I would love to have seen him uh, have some kind of ability beyond... I guess psychic abilities um, or something else that. Um, what you weren't totally sold by the shine? shine. <laughs> no, it wasn't shiny enough. And I was like, the shining or just the shine? Shiny. I can't. I don't understand. <laughs> Come and shining play was with a us. good movie. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I just wish that he had more than that. Uh, more, more. It's some, just something beyond. You know, I guess a, as a good drawler and uh, I guess a dreamer and. And psychic ability, um, and I, 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 maybe that's the next movie. I don't know, you know. But oh, like, there's not going to be a next movie. I really think. Well, well, maybe we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
Maybe maybe they will. Maybe they will. I don't know. Maybe the TV show just said, nope, mm-mm, nope, mm-mm. But, like, yeah, I really wished he'd have another ability of some sort. Um, or at least, or he realizes uh, that new ability as, you know, throughout the whole entire movie. That would have been awesome. But sadly, no. Mm-mm. Yeah, for me, it's, there are so many themes uh, in this uh, from a story perspective that, that are, have been done, right? I mean, they're, that old adage, there are only seven stories, you know, and they just get retold over and over and over again. And that being said, when you retell it, you you got to do a good job. <laughs> you know, you can't just throw the same old story up on the board. And if you're not really um, doing interesting things with it or giving your best performance or whatever, it's just not going to work. Um, and I think the young man uh, does a perfectly fine job. Uh, but, it, you know, again, what do we have? We have, a, we have the chosen one. We have the boy who's the chosen one who's going to go off and find it. I mean, I, like I've seen this story so many times and there wasn't anything unique or special about this particular retelling of that story that wowed me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, in, but in terms of the young man's performance, I mean, I thought he, like everything else in the movie, he did just an average job. I think, you know, for the most part, he was he was good. You know, a, a, a child actor does have the opportunity, uh, if you pick the wrong one, to, I think, destroy a movie. And he definitely doesn't do that. I think he does a a, a very good job in a movie that doesn't really even give, even though he's the main character, a ton of uh, really dynamic stuff to do. And that's sad, you know, because um, he seemed to be a, a, a decent actor as a kid and he probably could have done a lot more. Um, I just don't think that, again, the material even really serves him, kind of this main character all that well and that's that is too bad because I I, I I I wanted to like him and there were parts of the movie where I'm definitely going along with him and his story it just felt wanting mm-hmm. like you know like you're saying Alice it, it just feels wanting you feel like there should be something more and there just never is completely and that is frustrating and you know one of the the things that was, Alice, you know, I'm going to pull out some stuff, uh, some themes. But one of the things I did kind of think was interesting and I would have liked to really see more of, and I think this is where the, the whole world building aspect comes in, is that whole idea of forgotten father. And they have that whole creed, you know, I do not aim with my your hand. You know, he who aims with his hand forgets the face of his father. And this thing keeps getting repeated and I was trying to figure out, like, what what does that mean in the story? Like, because they never explain it to you other than it's this creed of the gunslinger. But I, I thought it was interesting because it kind of seemed, at least to me, how I started to read it was just almost the idea, you forget the face of your father. It kind of is this idea of kind of forgetting what our parents have taught us, you know, and that parents are are the ones that are most responsible in a child's life of you know, teaching them what's right and wrong. And, it, you know, the, it made me think of the proverb, you know, if you train up a child the way he will go, he will not, when he's old, he won't depart from it. And so really, you know, forgetting 
the face of your father is forgetting the values and morals and the principles to which your parents instill in you because they know those are the ones that life is best lived by. But I really just wanted this theme to be like more explained, you know, like because it seemed like a really big deal, but it I don't feel like they ever really move it forward. Does that make sense to anyone? Yes. The fact that they didn't yes, move it, it that they didn't move it forward. Yes, that's very true. Um, no, I mean I can see you know, and if, if taking it that way, you know, the the when they try and make the funny with it when they're in the modern world, in Keystone Earth, and it just all but you know says it uh, to the young ladies who are dressed. Uh, perhaps a little bit provocatively, and he says, you've forgotten the face of your your father. Um, and that, to me, sort of backs up sort of what you're saying in terms of this morality piece. Um, you know, if only someone would have told Matthew McConaughey that, we would have been better. But anyway, no, I can totally see where you're coming from. Cover it up, Matthew, cover it up. <laughs> That's what Alice is That's saying. right. <laughs> Well, he definitely dishonors his father. He's not He's not evil enough, so that's for sure. <laughs> oh, and what about those two characters? I mean, there's so much in this movie where I just was like, who are these people and why do I care? The the weird rat woman character where he, he says something to her about how, oh, put on a pretty face and you'll, you know, be liked or whatever. God, there was so much weird misogyny in this movie. And then and then the the very human boy-like character that's in that same who's running the machinery. I was like, who is that dude? And why, why, why does he seem to be a main character? Because I don't know who the hell he is and I don't really care about him. Again, it was one of those things where... There's so much about the movie you're left to kind of like infer or you just don't know. And it is frustrating because I also thought of this whole idea, like the the one thing that we are told at the beginning of the movie is that there is a tower that guards the universe and it holds evil from coming from outside the universe in. Uh, and letting all these demons and stuff that exist, right? And it, the mind of a child can bring this down. Okay. I, uh, I'm, I'm tracking with you so far. <laughs> and it, again, it, it brought up a theme to me that I thought was pro- kind of interesting, which is it reminded me of the, like, what we've, and it, it kind of tied in with something that um, Tomorrowland does which is, you know, what we feed our children um, and their minds can either destroy the world or it can save it. And again, it's like this cool theme that's just sitting there waiting for somebody to do something with it. And like nobody does really anything with it. It just drove me crazy (laughs) because like I think that's that's a really important theme in a world that lives in an information overload, you know, um... But I don't know. It I I just it really frustrated me. Really frustrated me. All right. So let's put. I don't know. Did either of you see that in the movie at all? Or no. <laughs> no. No. Okay. No. I understand. I understand. Again, I I I was frustrated that it wasn't there enough. So I, um. So. Uh, I don't know. I, I it, so so many questions just went through my head, <laughs> but like uh, it's like 
okay, I understand the gunslingers protect the tower or or whatnot and fight the demons and evil and that's outside the universe that's trying to come in. But like you would think that I guess I'm I guess I'm mixing Lord of the Rings with it. You would think a mage of like a child or something like that is protecting it too or something like that. I mean, there's there, yeah, I get what you're saying. It feels yeah. like there's no one there at the tower anyway when it, when it gets hit. I mean, it looks like a big like phallus. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah it, yeah. it looks like a huge, like massive. I mean, it it's not even as cool as any of the towers you saw in Lord of the Rings, right? Like, Right, I, I, yeah. The the structure. I mean, obviously, it's not as tall. There's a there's a national there's a national monument over in Wyoming. I can't remember what it's called. Devil's Tower. Thank you. Yeah. Devil's Tower. It's amazing. Yes. Looking. Yeah. I've been there before, but I just couldn't remember what it was. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, that's what it reminded me of. And it was like, uh, there's not much to it. It doesn't look like anyone's home either. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, nobody lives in the tower, yeah. but. Okay, the the one the one theme that I did think was in the movie enough and it was interesting was is revenge enough? And kind of almost like the Lord of the Rings elves where Galadriel talks about fighting the long defeat, you know, Roland has has given up this fight. He's lost everybody. All he cares about is revenge and the seer in the city that they go to Ara tells him, "Isn't that why we're losing?" Because everybody stopped fighting, and it really it did bring to mind. In in the the only thing that really kind of plays out in this movie is that a little bit as a theme is that why we fight is as important, and it impacts how we fight. Um, and that revenge what isn't just isn't enough to to try and save the world with. And I I thought that that was relatively interesting because especially with what she comes the seer comes at him with it's like we're losing because everybody just stopped doing anything like it's like people stopped caring you know we just put our heads in the sand and i you know in a, in the world in which we live i was like okay that's pretty resonant again they could have played it out a little bit more but i thought wow that's 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 something that at least has something good to say i think <laughs> I, <laughs> you're you're working so hard, Matt, and I so love you for it. Um, I am working really I'm hard. Working I'm really working hard. really hard. Just, I'm trying. I'm really trying. Here's a tip. So. Here's a tip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'll take that, Richard. All right. Yeah. Digital tips. Bitcoin. All right. Can't get enough. It's my response is just that I think the first. <laughs> for me it's Here's another one <laughs> yeah there you go oh, take that one too if for me it falls back to that same thing where i you know is revenge worth it is a story that i've seen i've read it in a ton of books i've seen it in a ton of movies and how this particular film presented that story again it just wasn't enough it wasn't enough. It wasn't strong enough. It wasn't different enough. It wasn't passionate enough. It just, you know, was a C minus effort. Wow. It, wasn't, it enough. wasn't enough. Yeah. No, and I, I absolutely 100% agree with you. And and that's the disappointing thing is that, and I guess it, well, let's just hop to our ratings. I think it's time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go first. I don't usually go first, but I'm going to go first. 
I think that that's the funny thing about this movie. And Richard, you said it earlier, this movie has some really interesting premises, right? And obviously, if this is a eight-book series by Stephen King and it's love the world over by people around the world, there's something to it. And I don't feel like that the filmmakers were able to pull together enough of that to help us as novices understand what it is that people love about this. Now, there's some hints in there, but it's just not enough to make me a fan. And I say that because if you, and and I think it's fair to go to the Lord of the Rings films and to know that those movies made a ton of people Lord of the Rings fans who then went and read the books afterwards. The same thing had happened with the Harry Potter movies. And so, you know, if, if a movie is based on a book and the movie is good enough, it drives people to the source material and they keep going with it. And the movies then continue in the series and they get more and more, you know, uh, positive. You know, more and more people go to them, they get more and more money. And you see that happening with the best franchises. And what happens here is they are not able to capture enough of the spirit of the Dark Tower universe that allows me to feel like, okay, I get enough in this world, this is a great first movie, and now I want to go to the next movie. Because I don't really care if there's a next movie at this point, and that's disappointing. And I think part of the problem, and I'm going to be a little long-winded here, so just bear with me. We talked about the uh, Planet of the Apes trilogy that they just completed, the Caesar story. In each one of those movies, and something that Brandon... Shamatol and I really drove home is that each one of those movies just made the best darn movie possible each time without thinking about the sequel. You, you just put it all out there in your first movie and don't, I mean, and, and, and I feel like this could have been something that if you had just put everything that would make a fantastic, brilliant story in one movie and you never needed anything else that you do that. And they don't do that here. And I think it really shows that it's just kind of a mediocre effort to to start a franchise that doesn't leave you wanting more of this franchise, which will probably end with one film. Um, And most likely it'll probably just end up being a TV show which maybe it should have just been in the first place. Maybe that's the better form of telling this story. So I'm going to be generous. I'm going to say that this is three out of five stars. But that is being very generous. And part of that is because I did like Idris Elba in the movie. And there were some really cool scenes. But on a whole, I can't, like, I wouldn't recommend you then take my three-star rating and go pay eight, $12 to go see it in the movie theater. No. You know, it'll come up on Netflix. Watch it then. You know, maybe Mystery Science Theater 3000 it with your friends. You know, so. Yeah. What what about you, Alice? I give it two out of five. I really wish I would have gone to see Atomic Blonde. Oh, that's out? Oh. Yeah. It was 7.30 Atomic Blonde or 7.40 Dark Tower, and I really wish I would have gone to see the Atomic Blonde at 7.30. I'm sorry, Alice, okay? I'm sorry. Okay, I get it. I get it. You don't want to come back. It's fine. Richard, what about you? 
um i really like i really love the trailers i give them that i mean they definitely showed the best parts of the whole movie uh eldris elba and dennis habert haysbert was what sold it to me because i absolutely can't get enough of dennis habert because i'm a huge fan of everything he does especially when it deals with the military and same thing with uh idris um i'm gonna give it Three long Colt 45s with two bullets in it. So 3.2. <laughs> Even though there's not 10 All bullets right. in it, but that's okay. There you go. <laughs> I love it. Man, getting technical. I, you know, now as everybody knows, and I think can attest, I work really hard to be as positive as we can about women and, tr- and try to find the best that we could. And I definitely think that we did as positive a job as we could in this film and and that just happens sometimes films just don't come together and i think this is one of them and you know that's just the way it is um but i really appreciate everybody listening i hope you had a good time we had a good time just laughing about things and sometimes that's that's fun so thanks for joining us here on the 602 club um this is a this is a big network and i really want to thank uh, associate producers that i have through patreon ken Tripp and davis grayson great guys and they have been supporting the show for a long time. And they also support the network, too. This is a huge network, Trek FM, and it really does cost a lot to bring this to you each and every week. And there really is absolutely no way that we as the hosts can make that happen each and every week by ourselves. And so Patreon is a way for you to support the network. Every little bit helps. Um, it's just a little bit a month can make can go a long way for us. And so if you appreciate what we do here on Trek FM, all the shows, they're ad-free. Go over to patreon.com slash and You can see how you can be part of our team and help bring all of these shows to you. We have different contribution levels that you can give at. And each one of those levels has different perks that come with it because we love giving back to you. So go again to patreon.com slash and see how you can be part of our team and make sure that all the great content keeps coming to you. Now, Richard, uh, before uh, you leave your six-shooter here on the table, where can everybody find you uh, here on the network and online? Well, when I'm not on the uh, targeting range, um, uh, I'm, act- I'm actually on, on Facebook. I pop in here and there on the Babel Conference. Uh, my Twitter handle is xransom, and you can also hear me here on Trek FM on Earl Grey, where we talk nothing but uh, the next generation with uh, Amy Nelson and Justin Ozer. And Alice, uh, thanks for stopping by the Midworld. And where can everybody find you if they want to catch up about movies or anything else that you're up to? Well, as with Richard, I, too, uh, bop over to the Babel Conference uh, to chat about all sorts of crazy things. Uh, And you can find me on the internets. uh, Just search A-L-C-B-K-R. And you can find me on the Twitter at MattRushing02. And I'm also on... Instagram with that same moniker now. So both places find me in the same name. I'm here on the network doing The Orb with Chris Jones talking about Star Trek Deep Space Nine. I am on the Nerd Party Network with John Mills talking about Star Wars with Aggressive Negotiations. We just have an absolute blast with that show. It's so much fun each week diving into something new about the Star Wars universe. Talking through each and every chapter of the Harry Potter series with Drea Kaufman on Owl Post. That is a joy to do. I hope that you will check that out. And then last but not least, 
The last show that I am doing is called Cinema Stories, and that is where we look at film through the lens of faith, and I hope you will check that out. You can find all of those shows on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And thank you so much for joining us, and y'all come back now to hear. Thank you.